Hey guys, Ian Berger here from the Endure Podcast. On episode 29, I did a solo cast. I have been working really hard to bring you guys some great episodes that are coming soon. But on this episode, there's so much going on in the CrossFit community in terms of performance enhancing drugs and being directly involved and affected by a failed drug test and getting to participate in the CrossFit Games, I've been asked a lot of questions about my feelings on the topic. I felt like I wanted to share with you guys first and address some of the questions that I've been asked. So episode 29 is a solo cast addressing all questions that I've received and just some opinions that I have on some of the current events. I talk about performance enhancing drugs in the sport of CrossFit, social media, getting to go to the CrossFit Games, but having to do a cramp session in terms of training for only two and a half weeks and getting ready, training with your significant others, and how humbled and grateful I am for the out, the outreach and support of the community, how much money we've raised, the sponsors, and everybody that has supported us thus far. It's been incredible and unexpected, so thank you. And hope you enjoy. If you have any other questions, please let me know. I'm also going to roll out an indoor podcast exclusive of 50 endurance workouts. So you could select them at any time you want. Pick randomly. They're mostly comprised of running, biking, rowing, and skier. And most of them are roughly about 30 minutes or less, so if you're in a bind for time or you wanna treat them like accessory work to get some extra conditioning in, it's a great way to do so. Stay tuned for that to come soon. Hope you enjoy. Hey guys, Ian Berger here from the Indoor Podcast. On this episode, I'm gonna do a solo cast. I've been getting a lot of questions on performance enhancing drugs, getting a second round invite to the CrossFit Games, and the future of the sport. So just to kind of kick us off, one of the first questions was, what was my thought on performance enhancing drugs in CrossFit? Now, it's a very loaded question because does it exist? Obviously, we had 14 athletes fail a drug test, so it is in the sport, but I don't think it is to the extent that people pointed out to be. I think that people are very quick to make claims and point fingers because athletes look a certain way, lift a certain amount, or are capable of things that are really just genetic freaks. So before I point fingers, I I don't suspect anyone of doing drugs or cheating until they're proven guilty. So with all these 14 people that have been accused whether it's ignorance or deliberate cheating, um, they were caught. So it just exposes that it in it is in the sport and that CrossFit is doing a better job of exposing it. At the highest level, I do think that CrossFitters might be doing stuff. I, I don't know. Um, obviously, they passed drug tests or they weren't exposed because... Unlike most professional sports, CrossFit is the gatekeeper to the results of the drug testing. So they get 
updated on the results of all the people tested and then they decide what to do with it. I'm not saying that they're protecting anyone, but I'm just offering that it's a little bit different than potentially the UFC or any other sport that has an outside governing body like USADA that comes in, pops John Jones for the UFC fighter, and then announces it themselves, which is not advantageous for the UFC because having a huge name like that fail a drug test is actually really bad PR. Um, I don't want to believe that CrossFit is protecting some of their athletes, but definitely a possibility, and a few of you guys have definitely uh, expressed that you feel that this is the case. Whether it is or not, I do think it is a step in the right direction that people are being popped. Um, recently, Emily Abbott, who was on episode 15, was exposed for for having something in her system that triggered a failed drug test. Now, Justin Berg, the director of the CrossFit Games for drug testing, came out and spoke on it, and I really thought he was well-spoken and did a great job of kind of answering any anyone that might have any differences of opinions of the CrossFit drug testing policies and performance-enhancing drugs and Emily Abbott's case. Personally, Emily is a friend, and I, I know that there's always two sides to a story, so I haven't formulated an opinion. I would like... It hurts my feelings that most people jump to conclusions and then all of a sudden start saying really mean things on Instagram and Facebook and just really rub it in. It's harsh. People come out of nowhere and people that once were supporters are just being mean, you know, and I'm sure she already feels pretty terrible. But back to Justin Berg, what he said was, if you haven't watched it, was basically that a line has to be drawn in the sand to legitimize CrossFit as a sport and make sure that nobody is cheating on a drug test, that people are going to be drug tested and there's going to be, they're going to be held to the highest standard. Ignorance is not an excuse anymore. If you plan on competing, then you have to know that you might be drug tested. If you, whether it's the regional level or the games level, there is no more hiding and thinking that you're going to escape getting drug tested, even if you don't anticipate making the top five at the end of a regional weekend, which we've seen a lot of athletes who were not in even the top 10 be exposed. So I think it's really cool that Justin Berg came out and was just very adamant about the fact that CrossFit has a policy that is not going to make any exceptions, no matter the excuse, no matter the reason. If you have a failed drug test, then it's an unfair advantage and you will not be allowed to compete. As a four-year sanction, it is kind of a death sentence. And I feel for my friend Emily Abbott because it is her career. She has sponsors. She's an incredible athlete. And four years of not being able to participate in the CrossFit Games is going to not only damage her brand, but it's going to really set her back as an athlete and potentially make it so that she never gets back to the CrossFit Games, which is really, really tough. So the four-year sanction, I get it, and I think that it's something awesome because 
it needs to be conveyed that this will not be accepted. But I also think that in, in case to case that it should be reviewed. Um, in comparison, someone asked me how I felt about the team that failed the drug test and did I think they were cheating and no, I, someone on their team took a, a substance in a pre-workout that she didn't know was in there. And as much as I would love to say that they cheated and it was something that was deliberate, it wasn't. And I'm very grateful that I get to go to the games because it's something that wasn't expected after placing sixth at regionals. But you do need to know what's in your supplements. You know, I, I spend the year making sure, and I'm sh sure most athletes know what's what they're taking. There's a lot of resources and things online that you can check what you're putting into your body. And to, to make the excuse that you didn't know is just not relevant anymore. Maybe back, back in the earlier days of CrossFit around 2013, 14, you walk into GNC and you take a pre-workout, maybe, but now you know that CrossFit is drug testing and you know that some of these products that are over-the-counter products are not safe. So make sure that the products you're taking are up to the standard of passing a drug test and you're not going to be triggered. The, the process of the drug testing was a, a long one. We didn't get the update from CrossFit. We actually found out from one of the East Woodbridge athletes' Instagram. She posted the substance and said that she failed the drug test. And that's the only reason we kind of knew to start an appeal process and see if there'd be an opportunity to compete at the CrossFit Games, which we were also drug tested just to make sure that we were on a same level playing field that everyone else was. So I think it was cool that they came and did that. And I also think that it's it's a legitimate process now. Um, I really understand, and this was another question that was asked, was were you upset that they robbed this opportunity of potentially standing on the podium at the end of regional weekend or that you didn't get your moment of training for the games and celebratory uh, after, after regionals. Yeah, of course. I, but what I really, it made me feel was empathy for Patrick Vellner and how Ricky Garrard stole his moment. It, it was one of these things where I understood it and I, I guess you don't really understand until you're in that scenario, but that's what we train for all year round. Not, I'm not saying that I train for glory or I train for the accolades, but we do train at this level, and you know that's that's an added bonus that it just fuels training. It fuels every those early mornings, those late nights, those training sessions that aren't so fun. Those moments are incredible, and the fact that someone kind of rob that for you or you weren't able to experience it because someone else had an unfair advantage and was cheating is is just a shame and i am a little upset that i didn't get to participate in the award ceremony but i'm also really grateful that i get to compete and it's unreal that 
in a week from now, I'll be out on Madison and getting to throw down. Another funny question from one of our listeners was, am I ready for the CrossFit Games? It was such a short notice. We literally had about two and a half weeks to confirm that we were going to the Games. And yes, fortunately, I, I did stay in shape. I was training with Amy because Amy made the Masters division in 35 to 39. I've been training with her. So I felt fit and I feel capable. Do I feel ready with the worm and things that team may call upon? Yes, from prior experience, but I also feel like I'm cramming for a test at the moment that is coming. You know, it's I waited till last minute and now I have to cram a little bit. But just being out there is a privilege and going to make the best of it. Another really great question was there's is about the social media and a lot of athletes coming out and saying how they feel about the recent light of performance enhancing drugs. And do you think that because people are being vocal, it's a cover or do I think that people posting on social media are being critical or harsh? No, I don't think other athletes posting on social media is harsh. Um, I think that they have to protect the, the hard work that they do because it by a few people failing a drug test, it discredits the hard work that they do. And I don't think that people are going to directly think other athletes are doping because a few have failed, but it does expose that it is in the sport and that it, uh, it maybe raises questions to other people. I think people like Tim Paulson, um, Marquand Jones, people that I've had on the podcast like Noah, uh, who else? Nick Uranker. These are people that are, are definitely going to be approached because maybe the way they look, the way they, they, they perform. And, and I think that hard work just speaks for itself that just because there were a few people that were cheating doesn't mean that the rest of the crop is is tainted you know it's it's very it's very alarming that people are so quick to jump to conclusions that just because one person's exposed that everyone else is doing it and i don't i I know i have friends like frederick agidius and um annie and i know the hard work that they put in and there's no help there they're doing it on their own and they are fully dedicated to being the best in the world with no extra help. And I think it, it is really, really harsh that there's these people are going to be the brunt of the CrossFit community and some of their fans because they let them down, but they, they did it. You know, and it's like I said in the beginning of this episode that most people are are very forgiving if if they do understand the circumstances, but the uniqueness of CrossFit or or just even training is that everybody does it on a daily basis. Whether you're a weekend warrior and just go to the gym like three to go to the CrossFit box three to five times a week, or if you're like a regional athlete, a games athlete, 
everybody knows how hard it is and everybody puts in work. So to think that someone is getting artificial help from for that work is just, it hurts. You know, it, it hurts. There's no other word to explain the feeling and the sentiment of not doing it the right way. So that's my feeling on that. And I think that social media does a really good job of exposing people. I think people could be nicer. Like I've looked at some of the p- things that people have said to Emily Abbott or uh, posts to Ricky Garrard or these things that people say. It's it, it's really, really, really cruel. you know. And until you hear their side of the story, I think Ricky's past that point. But when you hear Emily's story, side which i'm sure will come out and I'm, i hope that i get the opportunity to talk to her about would you have to you have to listen you know and i haven't formulated an opinion about emily or um any of these other athletes until i hear their side of the story i have seen a post from one of the regional athletes that said that there was no other choice and this was doctor recommended that's a load of crap don't put yourself on the competition floor if if you know that you have an unfair advantage, if you can't do it without some outside help, then you shouldn't be there. You're taking someone else's spot and it's just the wrong thing to do. I know you could justify anything, but you're a cheater. Even if a doctor recommends it, you're getting extra help. So I really think that that was not cool of her, this athlete in the South to say that it was the only way for her to compete because to me, that's a total cop out. Another great question that a few of you asked is, what do I think this year's games is going to look like? I think that this year's games is going to be a lot of grunt work. I get this feeling that based on Dave Castro's hints and some of the things that you've seen on social media and just the game site, I think that this is going to be similar to the 2013 games where it was a lot of sled pulls and things, odd object carries and just straight up work. I think that this year you you might see Noah on the podium. I think Brent Fikowski is vulnerable. I think Vellner will definitely be in the podium. Frazier is a shoe-in for first. I mean, you can't bet against the guy. He's just incredible. I am a little disappointed not to see the Russian athlete Roman compete. It was very it was very weird that he posted something about not being able to to make it. He did his best, but it was very vague and it didn't say why he couldn't compete. It I don't think it had anything to do with drugs. I think maybe there was a visa issue or maybe some type of geopolitical issue or not being able to get here for whatever reason. And I really would have liked to see what he was capable of. At regionals, he was a force. But I guess we'll have to wait till 2019 to see if he is a real contender. Now, on the women's side, and this is going to be interesting, but I think that Tia is going to win again. I think Katrin is going to make a comeback to the podium. She's hungry from last year. And I th- this is my dark horse, but third place, I think Jamie Green. And I say that because I think Jamie is an, a sensational athlete. 
that had her rookie year and she put got top 10 but now she has confidence underneath her belt her newly fiance newlywed fiance uh elliot simmons qualified for the game so the two of them will be there together and the power of having a support system alongside you that's going through it is in, is really empowering it's really empowering and it's also something that can't be quantified so i think having him there competing alongside her and i also think having a little experience and those rookie year nerves out, out of the way i think she's going to be a force to be reckoned with so those are my picks on the men's and women's side and for what i think you're going to see at this year's games i think the first event is going to be a triathlon i mean i know everybody's thinking it and with that road bike that's the obvious choice but I think that's the the choice because by S Dave Castro saying that that's going to be one of the hardest events that we may see, it's also a unit of measurement against other triathletes. It's going to be a measurement that people can compare where elite CrossFitters might be comparable to elite triathletes without that style of training. And what does that say for our style of fitness? It says that the elite are completely virtuous because they are lifting what Olympic lifters can lift. They are keeping up with endurance athletes and they're capable of gymnastic skills that are incredible. So besides making the argument that CrossFit training is the best, it'll be really fact-based. You know, it'll be, there'll be a comparison there to show that not only are these people strong and fit, but let's, our top athletes can beat triathletes. So if, if that is the case, I think that'd be an amazing comparison and also really cool way to measure where top CrossFit's, CrossFitters are and, and the, um, the validity of our training program. So that's my theory on that. And then on the team side, which is kind of interesting because I'm getting to compete on that side, is I think Mayhem is going to win this year. And I pick, I never go against Rich. You know, you can't go against Rich Froning because the guy is just battle-tested. He's the GOAT. Um, and he has a woman now on his team, Intasia Persevich, who's been on the podcast, that's an absolute machine. She is incredible. Um individual games athlete and i think she'll even excel more on the team format which she showed in regionals this year and rich having someone alongside him besides lindy barber that's able to keep pace with him on men fe male female workouts is going to be terrifying in the past most of the women or other athletes on his team haven't been able to keep up or he has to slow down but i think that she might be able to hold that pace and that is an alarming theory um, i'm excited to watch and also compete alongside invictus x i don't the i think they'll place second i think that because sam dancer is incredible jen dancer is also a great athlete as well they have holden wesley who's also an individual athlete and um I think Caitlin Cassis is their other athlete who's a multiple-year regional athlete. So it'll be exciting to watch them. And I think 
based on the experience of the team and having CJ Martin in their corner, they should be a force to be reckoned with. The only shortcoming that I see on that side is an endurance event. I think Sam Dancer is a liability. He's a big dude. Obviously, he's got a lot of muscle to carry around. So endurance event, probably not his strong suit. But besides that, the team looks pretty dominant. And for third, for third, I like training lab torrents. So Andrew Kong, um, Jamie Hagia, and Chelsea Grigsby, all regional athletes. And I think the second male, his name is Ted Wang. They're all regional athletes, top 10 athletes. And they showed that they're capable of moving the worm well. They're capable of all the skills, and they also just have that individual competition experience that a lot of teams don't have. So I think they are, they are coming in, and besides just the skill level of the team, I think that they're hitting a stride now after winning that a tough region, or I think maybe second in that region. I'm not sure if they won or they took second. I'll have to double check. But after placing well in a tough region, they're coming in with momentum, and I think the games is going to be better suited for them than regionals, so it'll be exciting to watch them. Now, <laughs> a few people asked, how do you think your team's going to do? Truthfully, I didn't even know at regionals this year how our team was going to do. It, all that I knew was we were good, and we had experience on the worm, but I didn't really know what we were capable of. I didn't know what Deanna and Ben were were like on competition day because that's important. I knew Amy, what she's capable of. I've competed alongside her. But Deanna and Ben are both gamers, and they shine even more on game day. So now that I know that, I, I think going into this year's games, there's no pressure. We, we're coming in in the second round invite, and... Most people have probably already counted us out. So if we do place in the bottom 30, we got to compete. But it, if we don't and we place top 10, it's just an added bonus. So the most dangerous thing that I've, I've in any competition is someone without anything to lose. We have nothing to lose. There's no pressure. There's no stress of placement. So I, going into this, I think our team is going to really perform. Where that where that falls, I don't know. It's also hard to say because we haven't since regionals been able to have the hours that we've we've wanted to train together. But I think we'll be able to compensate. I think we'll be able to overcome that lack of time together because we're all friends and also <laughs> we have couples on the team. Amy's my girlfriend and Deanna and Ben are getting married right after the game. So being able to go into battle with two people that you know will kill each other for each other. So it's just, there, there's you can't quantify that. I know that on that deadlift workout during regionals, I didn't want to let my significant other down because I just couldn't live with that versus 
if it was Deanna that I was working with, it might have been a little bit different. I put myself through a really dark place because the last thing I wanted to do was come home to a disappointed girlfriend and let her down. So I think the power of having two couples on the team is something that is just, it's a, it's a secret weapon. On that topic, people have asked, this is another great question, what is it like competing with your significant other? Have you ran into any issues of arguments or fights or any type of disagreements? No, fortunately, we've been fortunate enough to really get along great. And I don't work with Amy on most things because we're different athletes. She actually stacks up better with Ben and I size up better with Deanna. So we don't actually do things together except for when we're all four and it there's no there's no fights there's no um disagreements there's no complaints if anything it's great because most of the time when you're training this hard or on a team you're you're away from the fan your family or people that you care about or love and it's a, a big sacrifice because you don't get to do it with the people that sometimes you love but for me and for Ben and Deanna and Amy, we get to do this every day and get to share the experience and get to get to be on this journey together. So on that front, no problems. Um, the only thing that I I have run into personally, and admitting it is probably a hard part, but being able to have sympathy for each other in a relationship when you both go through a really traumatic experience or you go through something that is emotional or challenging, having both people feel that and not having a support system on either side. So if Amy's really upset about not qualifying after regionals this year, I felt the same way, but my my feelings had to be suppressed so that I could support her and then vice versa. So we had to go through ebbs and flows of, I feel this way. Okay. Amy's going to support me. Amy feels this way. Now I need to support her. And that became challenging because it also made conversation hard because you didn't want to make it completely about yourself, but you also had a hard time listening and digesting what they were saying and and giving rational advice because you had your own things going on. So that would be the biggest obstacle that I think that I've had to face and I'm with being on a team with my girlfriend, but getting to train with her and getting to do these things like for instance a track session or rowing or biking or swimming together, it's it's amazing. It's it's really fun because you get to share this experience of training really hard and feeling the results together. So that's my feeling on training with your significant other and having a relationship on a team. The last question was, how are you guys getting to the games and what are you doing last minute to raise funds? So we are, we are doing a GoFundMe and 
it has been so amazing to see how many people have given just whether it's 10 bucks or we had someone donate a lot more than that 3000 and it's just incredible people have really 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 stepped up and supported us and at first when i saw the gofundme i was a little my ego was definitely hurt and my pride definitely got the best of me and i wanted no part of it because i felt like i didn't need a charity but along the way what i realized was that it wasn't a charity and that most people were thrilled to be able to support me or support the team and give in any way possible. And it just really made me emotional because having this many people that care about us and being able to support us when we needed it was really unexpected. It was something that I never anticipated and also really wouldn't expect and i'm beyond humbled that that i get to get to have so many amazing people in my life or in in the crossfit community forget even my life that stepped up and decided to help us because it was just something they felt was right to do so to the brands and sponsors and people it's it's been really incredible how much you guys have stepped up and supported us so thank you i hope you enjoy this episode of just me ranting about performance enhancing drugs the, the games and just talking shop i really appreciate most of you guys reaching out and giving me questions to address I, hopefully i stayed on topic to some degree i definitely have been overwhelmed with a lot of feelings and kind of paused by how much is going on and how quickly it's happened but i am grateful for the indoor podcast community and i'm also really 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 happy that i get to share this experience with you guys as well Um, keep updating me with things you want to hear this was a fun one and i really didn't even know where to start on a solo cast but thanks to your questions and thanks to your support this was something that was really enjoyable and Hearing myself talk through these things was also provided a lot of insight for myself and hopefully you guys as well.